special edition, that's right, a Thursday afternoon edition of the Boiler Upload Podcast, brought to you by Martin Vintage and the Threads of History, with some of the finest vintage Purdue apparel out there, martinvintage.com. And also brought to you by, guess what, Paul? You hate going to the airport, don't you? Then again, you live in a city with, uh, you know, godless communist public transportation, don't you? Exactly. Yes. So, but you hate driving to the airport. Don't you? It sucks, doesn't it? Well, I'd say driving anywhere in Chicago sucks, but yes. Yes, the highways <laughs> to the airport are often very congested. Yes. So why wouldn't you let somebody else drive for you? And that's why we have Reindeer Shuttle as our sponsor. Yes, driving to the airport sucks, but Reindeer Shuttle will take you to both O'Hare and Indianapolis International Airport, maybe even in the same day if you're just really feeling like driving between the two airports, from three different on-campus locations. They're also hiring, so if you want to be a driver and take the ease or take the stress off of everybody trying to go to the airport, go to reindeershuttle.com and contact them on how to become a driver. Now, my dramatic foil here at the opening of the podcast is my good friend, the host and, uh, would you say, founder, uh, head writer, you know, general man about town when it comes to the sports bank in Chicago, Paul Banks. How are you doing, Paul? Doing good, man. I, I, it's a founding editor, um, webmaster, <laughs> I guess, seems to be a a, um, a definitely a common uh, term for that, but uh, I'd, I'd prefer ne'er-do-well. Uh, ne'er-do-well, yes, that's, that's quality. And the reason that we have Paul on the podcast this afternoon is he is live at the United Center in the media room at the Big Ten Tournament. And he is, oh yes, he's flashing the general badge up there. Ooh, they got yellow borders this year. Even Yeah, nice. yellow borders. So if you're wearing, like I look like I'm an Iowa guy because I got a black sweater on. <laughs> But uh, Paul is an Illinois graduate, a Michigan State graduate. He only has 12 schools to go to to collect one from all the Big Ten schools. And then, of course, it just got more expensive for him as uh, we're about to add UCLA and USC. But he's a great guy to talk Big Ten basketball to. So uh, just kind of what are your impressions this year on uh, the Big Ten race itself as uh, we go into the tournament? Well, it's definitely um, a year in which there's no true number two. Um, I know the polls keep telling us that Indiana is, and I don't accept that as fact. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> there's been that goofy um, – it seems to be the number 21 slot is uh, reserved for the third Big Ten team, or maybe it's number 20 or maybe it's number 22. It's always around there where somebody gets ranked, they get in that slot, then they lose the next two or three, and then bye-bye. And then it's like this musical chair. It's like Rutgers was in that. Northwestern was in that. Maryland was in that. Um, Illinois is a whole another story, which, you know, we'll get into it, you know, later today. Um, so, yeah, like I, I, I picked Indiana to win the Big Ten tournament, but I also um, am picking Purdue as like the only Big Ten team to really stand a chance of making it um, and make a deep run. But. Other than that, you know, it, it's interesting in that um, it's a lot of okay to meh to solid to okay or all right or pretty good. But the flip side of it is no one's really that bad uh-huh. other, than, other than Minnesota. And Minnesota's still alive. I mean, you know, they, they're only 20% of the way to towards that automatic bid, but they are still alive. And then Ohio State just eliminated Iowa, so... 
the the Buckeyes, you mentioned that number 20, 21, 22 spot. They were actually ranked earlier this year, even uh, even though they went five and fifteen in Big Ten play. Yeah, great great example. They were ranked Wisconsin when Illinois beat Wisconsin. They were ranked. Um, and you know you've got you so you had two two teams that are that have tradition. Certainly, they have a lot of tradition that um, were ranked earlier this year, but but um, had rough years in um, in you know the the JV night in of the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> the JV night, I love that, which was surprisingly good. Bad basketball last night, honestly. Yeah, that um, you could call that Wisconsin Ohio State game as fun bad for sure. <laughs> And then, of course, you had Michigan decided to just take the second half off today offensively. What, 19 yeah. minutes with one field goal made? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I know I'm supposed to be uh, objective as a journalist here, but um, anything bad that happens to, to Juwan Howard is always fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, for, for his, like, when you get into two fist fights with when you get into fist fights with two other Big Ten coaches, um, I, th- I think action is character, and um, I'm always going to root against him. So, uh, bye bye. Enjoy the <laughs> How about your Illini? Um, obviously, a lot of Purdue fans are familiar with what uh, with Sunday's game. What the hell was that? I mean, you have it. They're down 24, and they managed to cut it. They tied it with about a minute left. And uh, didn't you? Weren't you one of the people that says like, "Yeah, this is like the entire Illinois season in, encapsulated in one game." Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is because um, once again, um, you know, we spotted you because you know we and you—that's what we're doing with this when we talk Illinois versus Purdue. Oh yes, um, of course. We spotted you the first eleven, and um, Illinois is known for having slow starts. Just everyone's like, "Oh, what a second half team." Well, yeah, well, they're terrible in the first half. So is Brad Underwood not – yeah, you can hear the celebratory sounds of Ohio State in the background right now. Um, <laughs> the um, There is much jubilation in Columbus, yes. Um, <laughs> I just – they don't um, they don't want to defend. They don't want to put uh, – for everything that's been made about, like, how polarizing they are and – you know, because, you know, that's every Illinois fan at some point is tweeted like, oh, and some nights they look like a Final Four team. And other nights they look like a CBI or CBE, whatever the other brackets are team. But it's it really just comes down to whether or not they want to play defense because they can and they have the athleticism and the length. And, the and they absolutely shots. did on Sunday. That's what got them back in the game. Yeah, that is um, that second half showed us like what they did to Zach Eady was incredible, and we've seen that we've seen um, in certain games when they I mean that's why they have those two signature wins those two over two probable two seeds maybe even a one seed with UCLA but um, then <laughs> then you just have the what I call the the TI defense because like, you can go wherever you like. That's, that's what they said to Trace Jackson Davis. And I was like, you can go wherever you like. <laughs> For those that uh, are not familiar, when Paul was on the old Hammer and Rails podcast and everything, we have a lot of rap references like that. So uh, definitely a lot more laid back. And uh, 
we don't have Casey's dulcet tones on this one yet. I'm sorry. He's not going to be in Chicago till tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're right with the Illinois. It's just, they, they showed what they could do and it's, it, it, and really they exhibited the same, they put forth the same defensive plan that has actually had success against Purdue this year. You physically guard Edie, uh, to put it politely, <laughs> And then you dare produce shooters <laughs> to beat them, and uh, Purdue struggled uh, outside. They just couldn't hit the three. So, uh, I mean, it's an interesting it's an interesting strategy, but it seems to work. And uh, so, what do you think of Illinois' chances tonight? Um, I I forget who the heck are you guys even playing? Well, you know, you know, yesterday I did a radio spot um, on like the flagship of the main talk radio in Iowa City, and. I think I hit like so many different cliches, but I pointed them out every time I did. And the first cliche was, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. And that means <laughs> Penn State. So that is correct. Illinois did not just get swept by Penn State. They got beat bad. And um, Jalen Pickett averaged 30.5 points per game against Illinois. So uh, you might want to guard him. Might want to look into that. <laughs> like consider trying to guard him. So if, if if you do that, I am not um I am I am not worried too much about the rest of the team. So I think I do think they could win, but um today I mean it's a seven ten, so it can go either way, but um I don't know if we're ever gonna see um what's what's so great about our fan base or in your fan base, what we have in common is, um, you know, we live um, in a perpetual state of when is the other shoe going to drop? Yeah. Um, when it, when, when uh, our natural, our default setting is paranoid. So <laughs> um, honestly, I was just having a discussion with a couple of the local media here and, you know, I'm sure they won't say it on a recorded microphone, but I will say it. Um, I do think there's an element of unlikability to this team. And it could be that just because it's, you know, transfers, it's, it's mercenaries. It's not, it's not that lovable core with like Kofi and IO and Trent and DeMonte and these guys, you all kind of saw come together. Like, and you were familiar with them for years. It's just, you know, a bunch of new guys who kind of came in. Um, I think that's part of it. It's also, you just wonder when a team is that much of like a no-show in the first half at Purdue, world beaters in the second half, um, you know, did not seem to care one bit for the Mizzou game, the Bragging Rights game, or the home game against Penn State, and then and then yet they beat Texas and UCLA. You just have to wonder, like, is 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 the issue ambition and desire, motivation? I can see that, and really there's so many teams like that this year in the big 10. I've got the standings up here. And like you said, there was no clear second place and you're right. I mean, you have Northwestern and Indiana at 12 and eight, you have Michigan state at 11 and eight. And let's face it, they probably would have been 12 and eight had they played that Minnesota game. And then a four way tie for fifth at 11 and nine. (laughs) So, and I, I saw another graphic they had put up last night. I think they said that Purdue was something like eight and three in games that were decided by five points or less. 
So <laughs> it's not like Purdue was that far out in front, even though they won by three games. It's it's such a weird, weird year for the Big Ten, honestly. It really is, and that's why I would love to get your perspective and answer to this. From sure. your from your elevated perch as you sit in the penthouse there looking down on the rest of all of us. Um <laughs> Not only well, I do, do have I do have the uh, new commissioner of the Big Ten, and I have Ed Hightower here with me, and everything else. So, <laughs> yes, if you want to um, tell us, lowly plebeians, if you could grace us with your presence, um, not only do we struggle to find a second best team, but like, who do you think that actually is? And then also, who would you think like your third and fourth are? Um, I think I still think Indiana is just because not only did they beat Purdue twice, they did it pretty convincingly. Uh, first half down in Bloomington, they were pretty dominant. Second half in the wet game in West Lafayette, they were dominant. And, uh, you know, they, they took it to Purdue. And whether that's just the bad matchup or them having two really good nights or they just, you know, finally played to their ability. I kind of think that they really are the second team and probably underachieved with a couple of their results. Um, I am impressed with Northwestern. I was very, very, very surprised by them this year, but I think everyone else was. You just, because they were picked to finish, what, last in the league? Yeah, 13th or something. And here they are. They got a double bye for the first time ever in a two seed, so... Uh, but they beat Purdue. They swept Indiana. I think they were the only team to, or wait, they, one of only two teams, I should say, that uh, went into Assembly Hall and won this year. So, you know, they're not bad, but they're just, they're going to drag you down defensively. Uh, but then you just have a lot of teams that are so inconsistent. And that that is what makes it hard. So I think in the end, the standing shook out well. Uh, Purdue was still a very big surprise to me, and you know they they were able to get the close games won, and they got the job done. And I don't buy into this whole oh well they only won because they had a weak schedule. I mean like the Big Ten's dead even. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's got twenty conference games. It's there's no right. You know, Minnesota's really bad. Purdue did happen to play them twice, yes, and beat them both times, but that's. They won the league by three games, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I will say, like, you know, as much as I've been kind of, like, hard on Illinois, um, the 2-10 and 10 quad one wins. So you have UCLA and Texas and then 0-10 after that. But I look back at that and I'm like, well, you beat Wisconsin, Rutgers, and Northwestern. Mm-hmm. So how are those not – I guess they're not quad one wins, but maybe, maybe the criteria for quad one needs to be – Maybe we need to put the system on trial. <laughs> well, Wisconsin slipped out of the top at 75. And, you know, they're one of those teams that slipped hard. Ohio State's another one that slipped big time. And they, even with their poor record, they're at 57 in the net. And um, they're ahead of a bunch of other teams. And you also have one like Purdue. You've got Michigan State sitting at 31. So you want the Spartans to win tonight because if they move up one spot, the home win over Michigan State becomes a quad one win. So there you go. My God, I love your wonkiness, man. I love the. I, 
I spend way too much time into this. I was looking at it last night, and I was like, okay, so Wisconsin's at 78. They need a win to get into the top 75 since that was a road win, and that would make it quad one. We got Michigan State at 31. They need to win, so they get into quad one. And I also need Illinois to win because you guys are at 33, so get your act together and don't don't blow this. Yeah, well, you know what I – you know, you know who you need to send that message to. I'm always – um. One of my favorite um, tropes in sports is because Brad Underwood was guilty of this earlier this year is when a coach says his team is lacking motivation or they're lacking ambition or they're lacking leadership, they're lacking desire. And I'm like, he's like, well, if only you, the head coach of that team, knew somebody who may be able to do something about that. <laughs> if only somebody was paying you several million dollars to do just that. <laughs> For you um, – you non-soccer people won't get this reference, but um, Jose Mourinho, just one of the most polarizing figures in world soccer, he did that like once or twice. And I'm like, for him, it's really funny just because of who he is and what he's about. That somebody who's like this mastermind tactician and like even he fell victim to it. It's like... <laughs> I, I see, I think it could go the other way too because I love... I love how every time Purdue happens to lose a game, we see a lot of the Purdue fans come out of the woodwork and it's like, oh, painter this, oh, painter that. And I'm thinking about like the Rutgers game. Um, painter wasn't the guy that hit that uh, missed the defensive assignment that gave up the winning three. Painter wasn't Brandon Newman just barely missing the go ahead three a few seconds later in the game. You know, a lot of it does come down to that execution. So you have to walk that fine line between, you know, motivating your guys and, oh, you know, the slightest thing went wrong. So clearly it's the coach's fault and he should be, you know, tarred and feathered. <laughs> you, Strawberry, hit a home run. See, <laughs> I told him to do that. <laughs> Thank you for summing that up so well. That That, that is just accurate. <laughs> <sighs> Oh my. We're going to so run the play now where we score, and we're also going to, on the other end, we're going to run the play where the other team doesn't score. That's brilliant. It might just work. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some other observations that you've had here? Now, on day two of the Big Ten Tournament in Chicago, and these can be, of course, the irreverent ones. Like last year, you and I got to meet uh, Red Panda. I saw she was in... New York today, though, so busy day for Red Panda. Busy week for Red Panda. Well, I, I will say um, I, I, I did a posting on uh, Instagram where um, last year I had seat number one, um, media seat number one, and that sounds like really cool, like, ooh, seat assignment number one, but it's actually way on the end. It's way on the baseline. And um, this year I did not get number one on the seating chart, so I was like, do I still have a picture of that? Cause I remember it was kind of funny and I made an Instagram story out of it and I couldn't decide if I wanted to use Nelly with, I am number one, <laughs> or if I wanted to use Pharrell and Kanye number one fits on you. Number one. Um, I went with Nelly and I doctored up the photo with enough like emojis and things in my Instagram story. So people won't know that it's actually from last year in Indianapolis at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Oh, there you go. There you go. So that was fun. Um, this year, actually, you'll be surprised. I look at the seating chart, and there's tons of empty spaces. So 
Um, you can always do that, you know, or I sat in the NJ.com and like a couple kids came over that like, you know, kids like college students and they're taking some empty seats. And just in case, you know, any of them would be like, Hey, are you sitting there? I'd be like, Hey, come on. I'm from Jersey, man. Of course. Like, what do you think? It's my seat. <laughs> I'm sitting here. Come on. See, this is the kind of thing that a lot of fans and whatnot don't understand what goes on in the media room is a lot of it is just, it's stuff like this. You're killing time between games a lot of people are there for one team out of the 14 that are there and just, just there to have fun and whatnot. Uh, and so, you know, how many, how many times have you and I been like, okay, we're the Island of misfit toys off in the corner of the uh, media room or, Oh yes. The traditional uh, fish fry dinner and uh, on the Friday games too, uh, during Lent. <laughs> you read my mind. You read my mind. I was like, we can't do a big 10 tournament. Uh, podcast without the glorified Long John Silvers. <laughs> um, last year, I noticed uh, at in Indy, um, it was altered. It was much less greasy and looked better, but I think I already had like mentally prepared for it, so I went out and had something to eat before it, but it looked better than usual because you always... Yeah, there was always um, that fish. Yeah, it's... You know, they, they say the media, if, if they, you get fed as the media, but uh, it's not that good sometimes. Sometimes it's good. I, every once in a while, they'll roll out a couple pizzas that are pretty pretty good, honestly. But other than that, uh, oh, actually, the best one that I ever had was I did a noon game at Butler once. And you have the whole college basketball atmosphere of sun through the windows of Hinkle Field House. But the best part of the day was they had Chick-fil-A breakfast in the media room at Butler. So get on your game. Huh? Did you say Chipotle breakfast? Chick-fil-A. Oh, Chick-fil-A breakfast. Oh, God, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it was wonderful. I mean, once once we get USC and UCLA in this conference, are we going to get in and out? I mean... They got it. That that should be part of the agreement. UCLA and USC come to the Big Ten tournament. They have to bring the in and out. Two in the morning. Got the fat burger. <laughs> oh my goodness! There is a uh, rap reference for everything, um, except for Iowa City or Cedar Rapids. When I was like going to do an Instagram story about doing that radio spot, I'm like, I don't. I have no rap songs about Iowa. Iowa's more Slipknot anyway. That's harder rock. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, even anyway. Say, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was about to wrap us up, so go ahead with your point. So No, no, I was always going to say it was like even St. Louis. Like, I just, anytime I've had to go to St. Louis and I don't want to, and hopefully I don't have to go back. It's all Nelly because he's just so synonymous with that. And I, I give him credit for that. Like when you're that much about like, you know, it's like, if you go to New York, let's listen to some Diddy, let's listen to some Biggie, but you know, there's a million choices. If you're going to LA, you got a million choices, but it's, it's Indianapolis needs that. Indianapolis needs that. Um, actually, so does Milwaukee. I don't think Milwaukee has a rapper either. <laughs> Oh, we don't count St. Louis. St. Louis is SEC country now. Uh, That's right. Those sellouts. (laughs) Just means more. (laughs) Oh, my Um, goodness. This is the last thing, you know, before we wrap, I just want to tell you, Travis, that 
at the end of the day, it just comes down to who wants it more and who's conquered adversity because we find that if we fight and we grind through that adversity, then we build a culture of accountability and that culture of accountability begins with me. That is every press conference I have ever been to at a Big Ten media days at a Big Ten football championship at the Big Ten basketball tournament. That's every single press conference. And I guess the only other way I can, the only other thing I can add to that is just, Paul, can you talk about today's game? <laughs> I know, God, man. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, some of our, our, our peers, um, friends, you know, contemporaries have been saying, you know, they've complained about the level of access and everything. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. If that's what we're getting. Yeah. I can, I can miss that. <laughs> Well, I guess we could wrap up with, you know, a little bit of actual basketball analysis here. We've got 10 teams left in this thing. You said you got Indiana as your pick. Um, Who's your dark horse? Who do you see as like the surprise that can get at least a Sunday and uh, maybe maybe shock everybody? Um, I, I think we kind of already see it with Ohio State, but that would not be fair for me to say that. I would have to say, um. I would probably have to go with Penn State. Um, I, I, I remember like one of the first Big Ten tournaments I ever covered, they made it to the title game and lost to Ohio State. And um, perfect, perfect segue here. I remember there was one year, it was it was here at the United Center, and there was some kid or some reporter or whatever where like every press conference, he said, talk about how Penn State is the team no one wants to play right now. And he actually said, talk about, because they were on. And I'm like, you know what? I want to go up. I'm like, dude, give me four guys. I'll go play Penn State right now just to get you to shut up. <laughs> I'm not saying we'd win. I'm not saying it would be close. But I'll go play. I don't care. I'll go play them. <laughs> if it gets you to stop saying this, sure. See, even we get annoyed with the talk about question. It's It's bad. It's bad. It's lazy. But uh, I, I'm, I'm with yeah, you. I it's think not a Penn State. Yeah, it's not a question. Uh, I think if there were one team, I I think I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State little, made a little bit of a run. Uh, I know we've, Ohio State's already done the one-two games. I don't think a team that has had to play on Wednesday has successfully made it to Saturday in the semifinals yet. Uh, it's not uncommon for one to – you know, make it to the quarters here, but it's always such a disadvantage coming in and playing a fresh team when you've played two games in two days. So uh, I think my pick to make a run is uh, either Michigan state or I think Maryland's got some toughness too. So they, they could be interesting to watch and uh, maybe come out of this thing. So well, that's Michigan what the fun state of the tournament is though. What? Michigan State's an interesting pick because um, they haven't been ranked in forever or even ranked much at all. They've really flown under the radar, and yet here they are, the four seed, and this is their house. They own this format. They've, they have more banners in this format than anybody, and there you go. So a, that's a smart pick, Travis. Oh, it's January, February, Izzo, as we're told every year. <laughs> but not April. <laughs> All righty. Well, 
Uh, with that in mind, we could probably wrap this up, let you get prepared for watching Illinois here uh, against Penn State in about an hour and a half. Uh, so for Paul, as our guest, I'm Travis Miller of Boiler Upload. We thank you for listening, and we're glad that you tuned in for this special Big Ten Tournament edition of the Boiler Upload Podcast.